The following is an at-will presentation. My fourth grade daughter confessed to me that she threw away her sandwiches for an entire year before telling me that she didn't like roast beef. <laughs> oh, no. I'm Ben Ham. And I'm Dahlia Beta. We're your hosts as we navigate the deep waters of humanity. And listen to the stories no one ever tells. You are entering the secret room. The house was a vestige of an earlier life. Childhood, long gone, was the time when two sisters were friends. The advancing years brought with them choices. Choices that their mother's death evoked. Choices that strained their childhood bond. The house, once a symbol of unity, family, and future, ceded to the spiritual collapse to which it bore witness. Once a lotus in bloom, the home fell to decay. But for one sister, Scorn's face cannot trump blood, the tie that binds. Ask when their relationship first ran into trouble. Figure out what happened to drive the two sisters apart. There must have been some catalyst. I'm an only child. I don't know what it's like to have a sister or a brother. I never felt like I was missing anything, but it seems to me that siblings should have a special bond. How did their mother handle the sister's poor choices? Uh, ask her if she still wants a sister. When Kathy submitted her secret, I wanted to know what could break that bond so profoundly. As I rode the green line here in Washington, D.C. to meet her, I made these audio notes to remind me what I wanted to ask. When we met, Kathy told me that she and her sister were close when they were kids, but it's such a distant memory now, she can barely remember it. So Kathy, how many people know your secret? Nobody. I don't think I've told anyone that I hate my sister. I mean, they know maybe some of what I told you, but I don't think I've ever said I hate my sister out loud. Your husband doesn't even know. No, I never even told him. She said her sister always needed help after graduation. I asked her if she felt her mom supported them equally when they were leaving the nest. I think she tried to, but when I got out of college, my sister couldn't really pay her bills, so my mom gave her a lot of financial support, especially when she moved in with my mom. It's a lot of financial support. She couldn't afford wherever she was living. It's uh, like she, it was like herself and her husband and two children. So the whole family moved in with your mom. I mean, it was crazy. My mom would like say, here, go get some groceries. And then she'd, you know, check the receipt when they got home. And there'd be vodka, the, uh, um, cigarettes. It was crazy. I mean, she just totally used my mom. Kathy's mom knew what was going on, but this was her daughter, and she was in need. And there's more. I hated it. I tried to tell her, you know, not do it, but, you know, she's like, well, my grandkids, they need stuff. I can't kick them out. Uh, you know, this, I can't let them suffer just because, you know. 
I, I understood, but you know, it's always kind of bothered me that my sister was such a fuck up. And it's her own fault. She did it to herself. It's not like anyone made her that way. She just made the wrong choices in life. Why should she be rewarded? And I'm not because I went to college, I got a job, I did the right things. Did your brother-in-law try to intervene? Was he helpful? He did a lot of things, like he would yell at the children, mean stuff. One time I went to visit one time and he cussed me out like effing, effing, effing because I was parked in his space. He was a scary dude. I didn't like him. And your mom, she put up with all this? Yeah, and the only reason she did is because of the children. She didn't want them to suffer. She wanted them to have food. She wanted them to have clothing, you know. So I understood why she did it, but, you know, I don't know. At some point, you got to say, get your life together and get out. Your mom was a loving person. Oh, she was awesome. She was the best. You miss her. I do. I miss her a lot. When my mother passed away, she left us both the house. Uh, I was in another state, so my sister was in charge of kind of looking over the place and trying to get it on the market. She listed it for a certain price. The realtors said that there was no way that she was going to get that kind of money and told her to drop the price. She refused to drop the price. And all this time, I'm paying the bills because she says she has no money. So I'm, pay I'm paying the utilities, I'm paying taxes, I'm paying insurance, I'm paying everything. And the actual, actually, I was paying the mortgage, too. The realtor also said that it was very outdated and, and the, there's some things that need to be changed, like, you know, the, the, the wallpaper, the carpets, whatever. My sister said, no, I'm not going to do that. So I went and did it. I went and did it because the realtor said that's the only way this place is going to sell. And so took down wallpaper, painted walls, you know, all kinds of stuff just to get it to the point where it could be sold. And as Kathy describes, her sister made choices. Choices that caused her hardship while they tried to sell their family home. My sister one time during the winter turned off the heat. <laughs> I'm not even sure why she did because I was paying the freaking bill. But she turned off the heat and the pipes burst. Ruined everything that I did to the house. All the, ch all the changes, all the, you know, walls torn down, carpet. Totally soggy. <laughs> Everything that I had done, it was just ruined. And she said, well, it was supposed to be a warm winter. Who says that? And I'm paying, so what difference does it make what the weather's like? I'm paying every bill. And she turns off the freaking heat. And my stupid brother-in-law took the lock. You know, the realtors put the locks on the door so people can just come in and he took the lock off and hung it in a tree. He said he didn't want people in there. It's like, um, that's how you sell a house. You have to let people in there. It was crazy, crazy stuff he did. Sounds like they were sabotaging yes, the effort. Yes, that's the way I felt. That is the way I felt. And then, um, you know, it just, just kept getting worse. Like, you know, I'd send this money and the next thing I know I'm talking to my nephew and he said, yeah, for Christmas we got new PlayStation 3s or whatever. Finally, the house went into foreclosure, so there was nothing left. Nothing. 
When her husband died, I even flew out there and helped her. Even after all she did to screw me over, I went to her house and I helped her fill out the application for widow's benefits. I helped her fill out the application for VA benefits. I, you know, helped her with the funeral arrangements. I, you know, sent out thank you letters. I did all this stuff for her and she still never even thanked me. So, Kathy had explained to me how she grew to hate her sister. And I wondered, without the house as the focal point in their relationship, their primary reason for talking, did their relationship survive after it was gone? I want a sister. I mean, she's my only immediate family left. I'd like to have a good relationship with her. But she's even ruined my relationship with my nephews. Their mother just kind of like screwed me over. Uh, So are you still talking to her? I am, and I don't know why. I, <laughs> I mean, part of me just wants to disown her completely, but the other part of me wants to, because she reminds me of my mom, I just want to have a relationship with her. But it's hard for me because I know what she did. You maybe see a little bit of your mom and yourself in the way that you are with your sister now. I mean, in the way that you're giving her unconditional love when she's so constantly in need, just as your mom did. That could be. I think you did learn unconditional love from your mom. Yeah, I probably did. She was wonderful. Yeah, she was wonderful. I think that maybe despite how painful this has been, that was a beautiful thing she gave you. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The house was a vestige of an earlier life. Childhood, long gone, was the time when two sisters were friends. The advancing years brought with them choices. Choices that their mother's death evoked. Choices that strained their childhood bond. The house once a symbol of unity, family, and future, ceded to the spiritual collapse to which it bore witness. Once a lotus in bloom, the home fell to decay. But for one sister, scorn's face cannot trump blood, the tie that binds. We're sitting in my living room, having a great time watching the rain. Yeah. Ben's eye is red. Yeah, and that's due to your cat. Well, so. you know what? He's cuter than you. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I don't know. Well, he probably is now because my eye's so red. But yeah. when it's not red, I'm cuter than the cat, for okay, sure. Okay, deal. Yeah. Uh, so there's something I want to know, people out there. I want to know your guilty TV pleasure. I was thinking about it. I feel like everybody has a show that they watch that they don't tell anybody that they watch it and they're embarrassed about it that's so true i'm not telling you mine oh yes you are oh really yeah are you gonna share yours i sure am okay my guilty tv pleasure that i don't tell anybody that i watch until this very moment i wish we had a drum roll nice i watch master chef junior oh my god (laughs) you're admitting that well gordon ramsay looks really good in jeans (laughs) this is really a very embarrassing moment (laughs) you watch it every week Uh, I watch it on 
on Hulu or something. All right. Oh, no. You binge watch it. Yes. That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My guilty TV pleasure is a little show called Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> Formerly on ABC Family, now known as Freeform. <laughs> I have no words. It's basically a soap opera for teenage girls. Yeah, that's it. And I've been watching it for four years since season one, faithfully. <laughs> uh, so everyone, we want you to join the fun. Submit your guilty pleasure TV shows by audio memo or email to share at the secretroompodcast.com or call our secret line and confess at 929-265-TSRP. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Next week, I'm going to talk to a woman who woke up in a jail cell and couldn't tell her family. And we got some waffles and some eggs, and he just kind of was like, what happened? And I said, yeah, I'm ready to change. I, I, This is what I needed. You know, I mean, it was that rock bottom that I had to hit before it really slapped me back into reality. Hey, Ben. Hey, Dahlia. What are you doing here at my house? Oh, my God. I'm I'm, uh, just passing through the neighborhood, and I thought it would be cool to stop by the TSR Studios East in Jersey City for a change of pace. Yeah. Glad to have you here. Yeah, thanks. We should head into New York City for some food tonight. Uh, Hmm. okay, fine. (laughs) I know it's a lot of work, but it should be fun. (laughs) Okay, but I don't want to do the credits right now. What? We are contractually obligated to credit Breakmaster Cylinder. So let's give credit where it's due for our awesome music. Thanks, BMC. We love our theme. Absolutely. Are we done now? Uh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I'd like to make a pitch for Twitter followers first, at TSR Podcast, and for secrets at thesecretroompodcast.com. Okay. I'm Dahlia Beta. (laughs) And I'm Ben Ham. See everybody next week and pod on. Pod on. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.